1: We don't have a lot of repeat guests on the Conquer Local podcast, but today is one of those repeat guests, Mr. Jason Forrest from the Forrest Performance Group is attending once again to tell us about his new book, How to Sell Through the Coronavirus. We're going to talk about his new sales process called Gump. Think Forrest Gump. And I'm sure that we'll get into some attributes of great salespeople. It was one of our most listened to episodes when we brought Jason Forrest onto the podcast a little over a year ago, and we're going to bring him back again today to talk about these topics, and I'm sure we'll get into some others. Jason Forrest, the CEO of the Forrest Performance Group, coming up next on the Conquer Local Podcast. It's another edition of the Conquer Local Podcast and returning to the studio once again, Jason Forrest. Jason, welcome back. We don't have a lot of returning guests, so you're in a, a very small group of uh, Conquer Local alumni that have been on the show. So welcome back.
0: George, thank you for having me. I look forward to having this great conversation and and yeah, I got a lot of comments last time on our podcast and it was shared with many people. And, and uh, you know, of course the goal of doing this is to help other people, but also to to get some money back in return. So it actually, it actually brought some leads my way too, which was great.
1: Well, we're, you know, we are passionate about helping local sellers and uh, helping them develop their craft and bringing on a, an expert like you is, uh, is always a privilege. Let's talk, you've been writing another book and let's talk about the new book, how to sell through the Coronavirus. Let's uh Let's dig into that chunk of meat.
0: Yeah. So you can get it on Kindle. It's super easy. I, 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 I wrote it uh, basically in two weeks. I wanted to get out there first of March. I wrote it. Um, and actually the first week it came out, it it was listed as the, like the most bought sales book, you know, in, in March, which was excited. It's only a dollar. You can buy it for 99 cents. It'll take you about an hour to read a very quick read. But again, I just wanted to be very tactical and give people some specific techniques around mindset process and language on how they can, you know, provide certainty during uncertain times.
1: You know, know, I was thinking of you that, you know, coronavirus hit us here in Canada, maybe a little different than it hit some of the U S markets. And, um, I, I was thinking of your comment that you made on the last broadcast about sales being a mental game. And, uh, you know, you, you wrote this book quickly because you knew there was going to be salespeople that needed some help. So I I'd love to learn more about this, this quick book. I wish I could write a book quick, but, uh, and, and what, you know, what, what was the catalyst? Why did you, you need to solve this problem that you were seeing? I I did. Yeah. Because, you know, what was happening on LinkedIn
0: is there are a lot of kind of competitors of mine that were saying things like, Hey, during these uncertain times, just be there for your families and stop selling and start helping. Well, I got really offended by that line because that presupposes that if I'm selling you something, I'm not helping you. But in our business, 90 percent, George, of our clients going into March that were in our full training program, 90 percent in March and April, they either made or exceeded their sales numbers when their competitors were shutting their doors down. And so I feel like if I have something that can help them, then I'm also selling them. And I think that's great. So I wanted to kind of create a countermeasure and, you know, a, a different statement. And so, you know, this is kind of the opening statement, as you know, from last time I'm a master practitioner in Neuro Linguistic Programming. And, and so this is a good statement people should open the conversation with, and that is the coronavirus will impact your 2020 sales numbers and 2021. It will either cause you to lower your sales forecast or it will create an opportunity for you to gain market share. And so I call those A thoughts and B thoughts, right? So if immediately if the coronavirus hit and people said, oh gosh, we gotta lower our forecast because of the coronavirus, those are those A are thoughts or average thoughts. If they immediately said, hey, what a great opportunity for us to win, gain, steal market share, because other other companies we compete against are going to be doing things maybe not as high class as we can, not as impeccable as we can. And so we can gain market share and use this as an opportunity. Well, those are B thoughts. And I, average thoughts versus baller thoughts. And so I'm telling everyone, we got to shift from average thinking to baller thinking. You've got to be a baller, George.
1: Well, I, you know, I remember because my CEO, his office right next to mine, everyone else goes home and we, we were in, in the office and, um, it was, you know, that he, he sent out this thing wartime CEO and, and I was thinking about that, you know, wartime sales leader. You know, there's two ways that we can approach this. And having been through nothing like coronavirus, by the way, but having been through various ups and downs, you either dig your heels in and do your job even better and work even harder and capture the opportunity that's there, or you go whine in the corner and then wonder why you didn't hit your targets and maybe get exited. You know that like there really are both those things. So I appreciate the A and B thoughts. Um, so that you know, when you wrote that book. Um, I'm sure if, you know, I, I'm starting to get to know your your uh, your mindset pretty well. It, it really is, again, it's a mental game. How are you going to approach it?
0: It is a mental game. And, and you know, look, mindset's everything. We've always heard that. And the first book we talked about that I wrote last year was The Mindset of a Sales Warrior. And we, of course, talked about these four types of leashes, self-image stories, reluctances, and rules. But this is what this is, right? So it's all about the mindset. And, you know, you think about another B is, is for ballers, also Warren Buffett. You know, Warren Buffett says, be opportunistic when others are fearful and fearful when others are opportunistic. And so to me, you know, he has a baller mindset. So in 2019, he had billions of dollars on the sideline because the market was overflated. Well, you know, he sees this as like one big buying opportunity. You know, it's just a great time to reinvest. And I think it's important to kind of, um, to label things. So if we label things properly or reframe them, it can tame them in our mind. And so the definition of a market for me our economy is in a good market. It just means that it's socially acceptable to buy something. So if someone's thinking about investing in whatever product or service you're selling, you know, if it's a good market, they go to their friends and family, their colleagues, their CFO, and they say, Hey, I want to invest in blank. Well, if it's a good market, it's socially acceptable to do that. Great idea. We should invest, right? If it's a tough market or uncertain market, it's just not socially acceptable. And so the, the message that I put in the book is I said, the first strategy you have to do as a salesperson is when you're talking to a prospect, they're looking for permission to buy. In 2019, they got majority of that permission from their friends and family, and they only got a little bit from the salesperson, the sales warrior. In 2020, they get zero permission from their friends and family on investing in whatever you're selling. So you have to be the primary source of permission to get them to buy. That's how it shifted in 2020.
1: So We are now how many months into this thing? We're four or five months into it. Um, And I know that when you, you know, you land on your LinkedIn page, you are helping to build out sales organizations. And um, we, we wanted to get you on the show to learn a few more items. You have four attributes of a great salesperson. Let's, let's cover those off to start with.
0: Sure. So think of my name, Jason Forrest. Uh, So think of Forrest Gump, you know, like the movie run Forrest run, right? The Forrest Gump. So Gump is an acronym, uh, G stands for goal-oriented, U stands for unleashed, M stands for motivated, and P stands for procedural-based. So let's go for the first one. So goal-oriented. So a goal-oriented salesperson wakes up every morning and they say, here's who my target accounts are, here's who I'm going after, here's, this is, here's why I'm going after them, here's my strategy, here's how I'm going to do it, here's how I'm going to pursue them, and here's where I'm stuck that I might need additional assistance on. Unfortunately, that's a very rare population where people wake up like that and they're real hunter warriors that go after and they know what they're going after. Unfortunately, most salespeople right now are kind of waiting on someone to call them or waiting on the customer to fall back or c- follow up with them versus them being proactive and here's who I'm going after. Or they're tell- they're waiting on their manager to tell them who they're supposed to go after. Hey, pro salesperson, go call you know ABC company and see what's going on. They're waiting. And so we got to be G for goal
1: oriented. You agree with that? Absolutely, I'm 100% on board. And you know, in your experience, what percentage have this skill? You you Uh, mentioned it off the top.
0: Yeah. So I I mean, I would say you know 20%, 30%. I mean, there's it. The goal clarity score. We actually have an assessment that can measure this prospecting goal level. And unfortunately, the average salesperson right now has about a 50 goal level out of 100. A top producer warrior has about an 85 out of 100. So that's the difference between the average and the the top, is that 85% of the time they're waking up thinking, here's who I'm going after, versus the average is more like 50% of the time. And I think that 50% of the time is probably towards the last week of the month when they're not making their quota and they gotta figure out what they're gonna do to pay their bills that month, you
1: know? <laughs> no, absolutely. If you have the deals coming in at the end of the month with a wrap, they haven't done the work previously, to get that pipeline spread out. Okay, so now we're going to go to the next item um, in your Gump formula that we talked about on the last episode where you talked about the leashes. So let's explain Unleashed to those who didn't hear your last episode.
0: So real quickly, yeah, so definitely everyone, I'm sure we'll put a a link to the last podcast and there people can check that in more detail, but U stands for Unleashed. There are four types of leashes. A leash is nothing more than a mental charge or resistance or limiting belief that keeps a person from executing. So for example, we'll take the coronavirus right now. So a leash would be, so why aren't you making your quota? Well, they would have a self-image. Well, I don't really feel confident um, selling during an un- 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 unhealthy time like the coronavirus. I feel, it's, I feel it's not a cool thing to go talk about money and business when people are sick. That's a self-image mm-hmm. thing. Story. Uh, well, I can already tell you right now, this company that I'm prospecting right now, they're failing. There's no way they can afford what we're offering. That's a story. Uh, reluctance. I, I don't want to come across so pushy uh, trying to get them to do something right now during this time. and then last a rule, which is the one I'm seeing a lot right now. and a rule is um, you know Jason, you know my business is all face to face and it's just I can't I can't sell over Zoom. I can't sell over Google meets over teams. I can't sell over that and so what am I supposed to do? Well, I don't know, you're gonna go broke waiting for that thing to waiting, waiting for travel to increase, right So that's that's the rule.
1: Well, and, you know, let's talk about that last one because our listeners and the people who have been subscribing to the podcast because of our legacy as an organization starting in the media business, media was sold face-to-face and with a steak dinner and concert tickets. And, you know, that that was the way that it was done. And speaking to some of my friends that lead sales organizations, that rule of I have to be face-to-face to do my job has been a big part of why revenue is down so dramatically because they need to get their heads around this working remote. It has to be done this way because the client doesn't want you in, in their building. Yeah. So, so the way here's my the way as I, I kind of uh,
0: break that rule down is uh, number one. I tell them, I tell them my own personal story and that is in my 10 years of running a training company, I can only think of three deals, three, six figure deals that I flew out and did board presentations for live only three. So my entire business that I've scaled over the last 10 years, been fastest growing sales training company for the last five years on Inc Magazine, they were all done over, over the phone or over Zoom and so forth. So one, there's evidence to prove that opposite. The second thing is, is that when I was coaching that sales rep, I would just say, well, how do you know that to be true? Like, where's the evidence to prove that? Have you, have you ever sold anything not being face-to-face? Have you ever lost a sale from a, comp- for a competitor? That wasn't face to face and you were waiting to get face to face. So again, we just make up these, we make up these rules.
1: Now we get to the next item: motivation.
0: Perfect. So George, motivation is not necessarily what we all think of it is. As it relates to prospecting, it's the energy a person has to prospect to achieve their goals. So first they have to have high goals, but then they have to have the energy to actually go pick up the phone and go do the work. So for example, like today. Today I got a LinkedIn message saying that, um, you know, we we do a lot of LinkedIn prospecting and someone said to me, yep, I'm interested. I'm a a venture capitalist and I have a CBD company and I want to bring a Salesforce in for that. You know, can you help me? I immediately picked up the phone and got on my Seamless. So I have an AI technology, Seamless is awesome, where I can get exactly their phone number. And I immediately called the cell phone and I started talking to the guy. Well, I had the motivation to do it versus a lot of people, they would go, they would, they would maybe get around to that or eventually get around to that you know, on their to-do list or they would send an email back saying, hey, here's some times that I can talk, waiting for the person to respond. So it's the energy that you have to get the job done. And that's the key is how much energy. Now, in today's environment, I will tell you from a research perspective, the coronavirus has killed motivation levels for salespeople across the world because they're using whatever energy they have to cope with, the uncertainty of the coronavirus and what they're dealing with right now. So after, so let's say they start off with 80 units of energy out of a hundred, well, they're using 30 or 40 of that to deal with their uncertainty of the coronavirus. So they only have now like 40 or 50 units of motivation to actually make their goal. So it's a pretty tough time, but we can actually cure that. There is ways to increase motivation.
1: Yeah. And you know, the word that comes to mind is grinding um, and, you know, seeing that grind and having those individuals on the sales floor, or, you know, wh- you know, that you're using to help motivate you, because you know what I think you're, the one thing I know about you is what you're not saying is it is a thing. It is something that you need to deal with, but you need to figure out a way to get by it so that you can, you know, if you didn't pick that phone up and waited three or four days, somebody else might've got that deal. And I think you always have that progressive approach, but you know, helping the reps to get through that and have that motivation. Let's go to procedure. Well, you, you know,
0: well, sorry, one last thing on that too is that, and you know, you and I both know George is that when when you're when you send a web form out to Vendasta or anyone else, it says, "Hey, I'm interested in your product or service." Well, that that buying unit, that CEO or that person that's wanting that's interested is interested in that very moment. Right. Well, about 10 minutes later, they're on to some other thing that they're interested in. Right. And so you have like a window, a window. I always say the window is closing. So if that lead is interested, you have about a five minute window and then they're totally interested in something else. And so you got to
1: call right now. But I sent my meeting scheduler link, Jason, and they will find room in my calendar. Doesn't work. <laughs> well, thank you that you're saying that. And I'm not the only one. Let's go to procedure based.
0: Okay. So from an NLP perspective, there's all these meta patterns, the way that our brain is laid out and and wired. So one of the meta patterns is called option-based versus procedural-based. So if you were to go ask your sales team right now or any any person and just say, hey, so tell me about your sales process. Like what is your sales process? If they respond back, well, it depends on the situation. Every customer is different. They are an option-based salesperson. The problem is, is that the most successful companies are run based on procedures. So at Vendasta, the reason why you guys scale and the reason you're so successful is you have a set of black and white standard operating procedures that you run every department by. Finance, accounting, operations, system, R&D, whatever it is. The mistake people make is they make sales the exception to the procedural rule. And they go, no, sales is more of an art, so we're gonna let them do their every customer is different game versus everyone else is going to have a procedure. Could you imagine if you went to your, you know, to your investors and they said, "Hey, tell me about your procedures. How are you running the business? Tell me about how you run meetings." And what if you said, "Well, it just we just kind of take it day by day and it just kind of depends on the day." <laughs> like they would pull the money from you, George.
1: Yeah, that's not going to be a comfortable board meeting. Let me tell you that much. I, you know, I'm a big believer in having process and procedure but Jason you you're taking away my personality. I like to have my personality in the call when I'm dealing with a client. What do you what do you say when you hear that from a rep?
0: Sure. So I always tell people, look, you know the, the debate's always is sales science or art. What I always tell people is sales is a very solid science that you must nail and then you add your art to it. That's what I call your X factor advantage. That's your unique brand that makes you different. The mistake though is Think about it this way. If um, if Michelangelo, who created the David statue, if he did not master science, we would have the ugliest ass David on the planet. But because he knew science, he was able to create amazing art, correct?
1: It is beautiful. I, it, It's stunning. I wanted to know what it was all about and went there to Florence and saw it. And I'm like, okay, I get it. It's pretty cool. So did I.
0: But think about it if he did not know human anatomy. So he is not an artist. He is a science that happens to also be a great artist. And that's the mistake that salespeople make is they go, no, 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 I just wanna do my own personality. It's all about art for me. And then they're going to have sloppy art. So it has to be science first and then you build your art on top of it.
1: So one of the things that was the precursor to getting you back on the show was we were looking for some of your Expertise around this emotional intelligence thing that we're hearing so much about, and we're we're trying to find great salespeople. We're trying to build great salespeople. How important does is emotional intelligence to, you know, that that uh, competency that a salesperson needs to have?
0: Well, it's everything. I mean, so I, I would actually say emotional intelligence would be synonymous to my version of it, which is the the four types of leashes of self image, stories, reluctances, and rules, because. Your emotional intelligence, your EQ, is your ability to, or your capability to handle the emotional charges in your life. So a a term in psychology that I talk about in the mindset book is your locus of control. So that's a psychological term of a person who has a higher locus of control uh, or a larger locus of control, bigger capacity, says that, you know, I am the master of my domain, I am in control of my life and versus a low locus of control is no, no, no I am my, my income is dependent upon my sales territory, you know, my number of leads that I have my marketing channel, you know, my product that I sell my economy, my market, the Coronavirus, that's a low locus of control, therefore low emotional intelligence. The other thing that I would say about that too, is that, that look, during uncertain times, Customers want to buy from certainty because from a masculine and feminine perspective, we're all searching for the same thing. From the masculine perspective, we're searching for freedom. For, for freedom. From the feminine perspective, we're searching for peace. But in all human beings, when it comes down deep into it, we all want the same thing, which is freedom and peace. So as a sales professional, as a sales warrior, if I can dial in my emotional intelligence and I can hold a place of presence and certainty and claim, And and then then what happens is when I'm talking to a person that transmits over to them and gives them that necessary certainty that will lead them to freedom and peace, which will cause them to be a buyer for
1: you. And, you know, is this something that we can just find where people have this emotional intelligence or is it something that's taught?
0: Uh, Great. So, so remember there's a difference between ability and capability. So capability is is ability through time. So capability is ability through time. So think of it as I currently right now could do a hundred push-ups without stopping. Okay. So that's what I'm that's what I I can do at this moment. So that's my ability at this moment, right? But if I practice and I did more push-ups every single day, well, I technically could be capable of even doing more. So we don't really know how capable I am of how many push-ups I can do. We just know what I currently can do, which is more my current ability. Okay. So so the answer is yes, you 100% can train it. But what I would always tell people is that's why we have this warrior selling recruiting program where we will go find you the most emotionally intelligent, leash-free, fearless sales warrior that um, that has already these muscles dialed in so they can be successful for you in the beginning. And then we will also increase their muscle or their capability, their EQ through our 90-day sales training program. So you know, people can do anything as long as they have the, enough goal clarity and motivation to do it.
1: It's interesting, you know. We're in the middle of a of an expansion of our internal sales organization. Uh, you know, we we have uh, we have these investors. You were just talking about them. Um, they've said we're going to invest some more dollars. We'll keep growing the organization, and we have uh, really dialed in the interview process. And the other thing with COVID is that, you know, there are sales professionals that have been displaced and, you know, sad to see that. Um, But there, you know, there's some very, very good talent out there. And and I think what you're saying is if we pay more attention to the interview process and the scorecard that we're using on a candidate and find somebody um, that has the right tenants, we're going to have a more successful rep when we start training them. Um, And, Getting those core competencies is what your new program is all about. That you've been that you've been talking about on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. So
0: very simple. We we basically disrupted the sales recruiting business by, uh, you know, by by combining a recruiting company, an assessment company, a training company into one. So the first thing we would do for you, George, is you would give us a slate of your top producers. Then we would use third party behavioral based assessments to measure their Gump, their goal oriented, unleashed, motivated, procedural based. Uh, then we would take that. Then my recruiters I've developed through my thousand hours of NLP. I've developed neuro-linguistic hiring questions to make sure they have the right meta patterns, the connections to their brain wiring to make sure they're the right mindset of a sales warrior. Um, Then we hand you those people that are a culture fit that are equal to or better than your top. So top grading your people and then put them through a very extensive 90 day sales training program uh, to make sure they've, they've got the process, script, language dialed in as well as teach them how to prospect and get in front of more people.
1: So, for listeners of the podcast that are looking to either build a, you know, expand their sales organization, or maybe they're building their very first one, um, you know, working with you and your company is is an option to build out that sales group.
0: Well, it's not only an option, but it's a it's the cheaper option, which sounds crazy, but you know, our our I'll tell right now, our flat rate is twenty thousand five hundred. Everyone else charges twenty-five to thirty percent. That doesn't include the assessments and doesn't have the ninety-day sales training program built in. If a if a company was to do it themselves, then you're you're talking about sixty to seventy grand over ninety days. When we take the the hourly wage of a sales manager, let's say it's one hundred fifty thousand dollars, divide that up over um, the forty hours it takes to interview. Plus, um, all of the onboarding they have to do to spend time with that actual person versus focused on B and A reps, helping them sell more. So there's a huge opportunity cost involved uh, when, it, when it comes to that, um, as well as any kind of training and so forth that they're, they're obviously doing. The Indeed ads, the LinkedIn ads, all the sourcing, everything that goes on. So it's about 60 to 70 grand. And if the person doesn't make it, then they got to start back over and they lost that 60, 70 grand versus us. We do we just replace them for free. So ours is 20 grand, 20,500. It's a steal. It's a great deal.
1: Well, and we, you know, we see more and more organizations that are realizing that when you do take that, and I'm glad that you brought it up. You take that sales leader who's working with the A and B performers, trying to make the B's A's and trying to keep the A's being A's and say, here's a team of five new reps, go over there and train them. The opportunity cost far outweighs what it might, you know, to bring somebody in like your organization. Now you folks are at the top of the game. And uh, you've been doing this for a while. Not only do you get upset when other sales leaders do things like, oh, you know, no, stop helping and, you know, that comment you made off the top, but also this is what you guys do every day is, is sales performance and bringing the right people in. And, um, you know, so talk, talk a little bit about, um, the, the process, if someone were interested, what's their next step, they reach out to you on LinkedIn, like that last lead just did, or, or how would they get a hold of your organization?
0: Sure. So just email me, Jason at FPG.com. And, um, you know, immediately I'll I'll personally talk to you or I'll I'll hand you over to one of my my sales warriors that that can have the conversation. Very simple. It's a very simple, simple process. You know, you say you wanted to get get going, and then my recruiting company, my recruiting side immediately starts working with you, understanding your compensation, understands your, you know, we 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 will create the job description for you. Cause it the job it sounds crazy, but even the job descriptions companies are messing up. So for example, if your job description right now says something like, Hey, if you're the type of person that would like to have flexible, you know, hours and work-life balance and you know, the ability to make six figures come work for us, you're going to hire an option-based non disciplined salesperson. So my job ads say if you're the type of person that has the discipline to follow a step-by-step proven sales process that will always lead to a six figure income if followed properly, Come work, you know. Come, come work for us, right? So just that alone will 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 detract the option-based salespeople, the non-goal-oriented leash, you know, salespeople, and they will only attract the ones that are serious warriors. So just even that kind of stuff, you know, this again, it's, it's all we do. Our warrior selling program again just got listed as number two in the world, beating out uh, Sandler and everyone, all the different sales organizations. We we beat them out. So it's not just they're learning getting a onboarding process. They're getting, you know, listed number two in the world.
1: Well, Jason, it's all, I I always enjoy speaking to you because I get fired up. You're a great motivator and and you've built out a hell of a program and and it makes a lot of sense and, uh, I know that our listeners will appreciate the insights that you've given them today. And, uh, Colleen's going to make sure she puts all of the links so that if people want to reach out to you and talk more about this program, they can do. And thanks for making some of your very valuable time available to our listeners here on the Conquer Local podcast. Thank you, George. I look forward to coming back. I have plenty more to talk about. Well, the coronavirus and uh, what COVID-19 did to sales is, you know, something that Jason wanted to jump on quickly. And I'm, and I'm glad he got right to the point that it really is a mental game. And, um, we, you know, we covered off those items, but then we got into this, you know, the Gump formula, goal unleashed. Um, the motivation portion, and then the procedure based. And you can see that the Jason, of course, he's all about the acronyms and his processes. But then when he starts to explain the steps, he does a really good job of keeping it very simple. And I found it, you know, if I was going to lead a sales meeting, I could take just that Gump piece and make a nice little opener for the sales meeting, or if I was working with a sales manager and we could talk about those four attributes of a great salesperson and remind that manager that they should work with the reps on, you know, one of those items. I am always fascinated by the, uh, the thought process that goes into, you know, some of Jason's programs. And now this idea that we could go, you know, get a company like that to do the recruitment and the onboarding and, and to guarantee it, You know, money back guarantee, that's actually a really interesting thing because I know that when you're recruiting and you're onboarding and you're training gives me, I get a little bit of anxiety thinking about it because there's all sorts of opportunities to, you know, waste money or maybe, you know, have some trial and error in there if you don't have it really buttoned up. So we appreciate Jason joining us. He's got this great new book, and we're going to put the link um, in the notes so that you can download it, how to sell through the coronavirus and uh, get some of that wisdom that Jason brings to the table. Jason Forrest, CEO of the Forrest Performance Group, joining us again on the Conquer Local podcast, and we appreciate his time. The Conquer Local community is where you could ask a question of Jason or any of our other guests. It's at conquerlocal.com forward slash community. And you can come in there and ask questions of our guests or to give producer Colleen and myself ideas on future episodes, things that you would like us to cover, or maybe even suggest somebody that you'd like us to speak to on the podcast. We're looking for your feedback, and the community is the number one place that you can speak to our team or any of our guests. Thanks for joining us this week, another edition of the Conquer Local Podcast. My name is George Lee. I'll see you when I see you.
0: You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast with your host, George Lee. Executive producers are Brendan King, Jeff Tomlin, and Danny Mario. Audio engineering, sound lounge by T-Bone. Marketing by Rory Lawford. Produced by Colleen McGrath.